Sunday after Sunday, we stand and we profess our Catholic faith by reciting the Creed, this summary statement of the essentials of the faith. And in the Creed, only three human beings are mentioned. Of course, Jesus of Nazareth is named. He, in fact, is the heart of the Creed. He is fully human, and as the Creed says, he is also fully God. He is God from God, light from light, true God from true God. So also, his mother, the Virgin Mary, is named in the Creed. For through her, the Son of God begins to exist in time. The Son existed with the Father before all ages. The Son always exists. But through Mary, the Son takes on a human nature and exists in time, in history. And the third name in the Creed is Pontius Pilate. This seemingly insignificant governor of Judea, the representative of Caesar, the great Roman emperor, is forever known in history because he is the one who ordered the execution of the Son of God. He is the one who pulled the trigger and sent Jesus to his horrific, painful, and dehumanizing death on a Roman cross. And ironically, the same Pontius Pilate is in a sense the first evangelist, the first to declare in a very public way the gospel, the good news. And Pontius Pilate does so by ordering an inscription to be placed above the head of Jesus as he hangs upon the cross. And as we hear in the gospel passage today, this inscription reads, This is the King of the Jews. And this is true. Jesus is the King of the Jews. Jesus is the King of Israel. He is the Messiah. Now, sometimes we use Christ as if it were a last name, Jesus Christ. And sometimes we use Christ as a synonym for the name of Jesus. We speak simply of Christ. But remember, Christ is not a name. Christ is a title, literally meaning the anointed one. 
And as we hear in the first reading from the second book of Samuel, David, this shepherd, is anointed king of Israel. Oil is poured upon him to signify he is chosen by God, anointed by the Spirit of God to rule his people. To say Jesus is Christ is to say Jesus is Messiah, the Anointed One, the King. In other words, Jesus Christ means Jesus the King. As we hear the history of the people of Israel, we hear from the prophets the promises of God. And the two great promises of God up and down the books of the prophets are first, that God one day will send a new David, a new anointed one, a Messiah. And this Messiah will come to rescue and restore his people. And second, the prophets also promise on behalf of God that God himself will come as king. So again, God is going to send a king, and God himself will come as king. And as king, God will once and for all set things right in his creation. And of course, these two strains of promises, royal promises, come together, converge in Jesus. He fulfills these promises. He is the Messiah. He is the King sent to rescue and restore his people. And he himself is the Lord. God comes as King in the person of Jesus. And Jesus comes announcing good news. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God has come near. And as Jesus announces this good news, he awakens new hope in the people because they remember the promises. They know God will send a king. God will come as king. And now Jesus says the time has come. And with his every word and every deed, Jesus shows, reveals his identity as king. He brings by his person, by his presence, the kingdom. And yet, this kingdom is not without opposition. There is an alternative false kingdom. The kingdom of the ruler of this world. The evil one. Satan. The devil. Ever since he tempted our first parents to distrust God our creator, to go our own way apart from God, to rule on our terms and not on his, the human race has been under the power of sin and death. 
we know death is a power. We know none can escape the reality of death. And so also we know sin is a power. St. Paul, for example, says, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I want to do. This is the power of sin. Satan seeks our destruction by keeping us under the thumb under the oppression of sin and death. But Jesus comes to do battle with Satan, to conquer the power of sin and death. And he does battle, not on a field, as a typical king, but rather, Jesus wages the great war upon the cross. Jesus seems so passive as he hangs upon the wood of the cross. And yet Jesus is never more active than when he hangs upon the cross because there on the cross, he absorbs in himself, takes onto himself, into himself, the full power of sin and death. But Jesus exhausts their power. And by rising from the dead, Jesus conquers them once and for all. The powers are no longer in power. The risen Jesus alone has power. This is the good news. The good news is that Jesus is king. We know the definitive battle has been won. And so too Satan knows. He knows he's going down, but he's going to take as many down with him as he can. And today we hear from St. Paul in his letter to the Colossians a hymn of praise and thanksgiving to God. We give thanks to God, says Paul, because he has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, through whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Apart from Jesus the King, we live under the rule of the powers of sin and death, the kingdom of darkness. But Jesus has transferred us into his kingdom of light and life. When we were baptized, we were transferred. Jesus removed us from the kingdom of darkness and placed us in his kingdom of light. He has given us his grace so we can live this truth that we belong to him in his kingdom. But sometimes we are still tempted to think that this kingdom is better. 
Sometimes we perhaps choose to remain under the power of sin and death. But Jesus reminds us today that he is king and that he has conquered these powers. We are no longer subject to them if we put our life under him. So this means that when we live in his kingdom of light, yes, we will likely sin, but we do not have to sin. We can, by his grace, choose otherwise. We can, by his grace, not spread the darkness, but spread the light. And likewise, indeed, none of us will escape death. Death will take us, but death cannot hold us. We no longer have to live in the fear of death because Jesus has vanquished its power. Because Jesus the King promises us his destiny will be ours. If we choose his kingdom here on earth, we will reign with him in his kingdom of heaven. He will raise our bodies to be like his and we will rule with him in a new heaven and a new earth. This is his promise. This is the good news. And today, on this great feast of Christ the King, we can renew our commitment to the King. In a few moments, we will recite the Creed once again. As we recite the Creed, we are pledging allegiance to our King. And as we come to His altar to receive His body and blood, He will fill us with his life, with his grace, so we can go forth as troops in the army of his kingdom to bring his kingdom to birth here on earth as in heaven. And we can live no longer under the power of sin and death, but instead live under the power of his life and love. The good news is Jesus is king. And the good news is that Jesus offers us his kingdom, his life, his light, his love. And today, with hearts open wide to our king, we say yes to him once again. We give him our life as he gives us his.